It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. This is Shane Harrison with Access Atlanta. I'm here with Naja Parker, uh, the AJC's Naja Parker, who uh, has brought us something really special this week. Uh, tell us what you got for us. Today, I have a really exciting interview with the star of Empire, Jesse Smollett. Ah, cool. So what what brought him to town for this? Right now, he is promoting his debut album, which is titled Some of My Music, and it's been touring in Europe as well as in the United States. And he stopped by Atlanta a couple of weeks ago to give us some of his music. Well, that's cool. So so he was performing here. He was then. performing at the Masquerade. Right, yeah. So, and uh, he, he's, unfortunately, that's done, so he's not going to be performing here in Atlanta, but he will be doing um, something that you can go and see, right? Yes, if you're into the Essence Festival, which takes place in New Orleans, you can catch him there. He'll be performing one of the days there. Right, yeah. And when when is that happening? The Essence Festival usually takes place across the 4th of July holiday. Right. And Jesse's performance is specifically on July 7th. Ah, okay. Okay, so you still have time to, to get some tickets. You got plenty of time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if you, if you have to, you can even drive there. I've done it before. It's about, what, six hours maybe? I think it's a little more than that, but it's okay. not bad. You know, it's doable. It's I mean, doable. summer is a good time for road trips. That's right. That's right. What a good excuse to do that. So anyway, tell us a little bit about what you talked about with him. Oh, we talked about so much. We talked about Empire, which ended its season four finale a couple of months ago. It's recently been renewed for a season five. So we talked about how his character may evolve when we see the show come back this fall. We also talked about his first debut album and what it kind of took to get him to write all of these songs. He said he's been preparing for this album his entire life. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like he probably is a very busy guy and it's probably hard to find time to to record an album in addition to all the other stuff he's doing. Exactly. And he has a very strict schedule because yeah. of his ties with Empire. Yeah. They do produce music specifically for the show. Mm-hmm. So he has a, a tight window to promote his own thing that's outside right. of Empire. So I believe he has from March to May right. to promote his personal music. And then the rest of his time is devoted to Empire. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'd say it must be interesting to be locked into something so much like that but you know when you have that much success you you can't really uh you know 
fault that. Right, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> if you want want to keep the paycheck coming right. and all that stuff, yeah, yeah, you got to do that. And he's really making it work for him. Yeah. So as long as I, I guess you can find that balance and make it work for you, you right. should be okay. Yeah, well, you know, I guess that, that, you know, the success of Empire has probably given him the, you know, the platform to do this exactly. like he wants to. And he's been acting for decades. He started yep. as a child actor and Empire is considered his breakout role. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes that overnight success takes decades to get. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> and talent runs in his family. You know, the yeah. whole Smollett family, his siblings, they all started out with acting careers and they're right. all doing their own thing. I think his sister, Journey, is still acting currently. Yeah, yeah that's right, yeah. So, um, anything else that, uh, that we should know about this before we uh, get into the story? I think we should just kind of get into it. He spills a lot of good beans in this interview and I think the readers and the listeners will really enjoy it. Awesome. Great. Okay. Well, let's uh, listen to Nadja Parker's uh, interview with uh, Jesse Smollett. Hey, people. Hey, people. Parker and I'm a reporter with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the multi-talented singer, songwriter, actor, director, Jesse Smollett. How are you today? Yeah, how are you doing? Good I'm good. Good, really good. We are so happy to have you here in Atlanta for your tour. You have so much going on. What I'm does so it feel like to be, to be in this moment right now? It feels amazing. It feels like uh, it feels like freedom. Mm. Feels, you know, I see I'm, what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like um, Atlanta's always, Atlanta is, is like my, you know, place that I always come and I just like recharge sometimes. I love Atlanta. It's just the people, the, you know, I think I'm a Southern boy at heart because my mom's from New Orleans. Oh, nice. So, um, so yeah, I love, love Atlanta. So I'm so happy to be here with y'all. Yeah. Well, a lot of people know you from Empire, your role as Mr. Jamal Lyon, <laughs> but you have been hustling for decades. Kind of just walk us through that journey from being a child actor with your siblings to getting to this very moment. Um, yeah, God, I started when I was four years old. Wow. And, you know, I got my SAG card in 1987. What? <laughs> so here we are, all these years later. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, started off as a kid model in New York and uh, with my brothers and sisters, my brother and sisters, and then two other siblings came along, uh, did commercials, and then got into movies when we moved to LA from New York, uh, Mighty Ducks and all of that stuff, and Queen, where I played Halle Berry and Danny Glover's son. Um, and then we had our own show. And then I got out of acting for a while and really kind of honed my craft as a musician and songwriter and, and singer and uh, yeah, and then got back into it, did a film called The Skinny and some stints on like the mini project and then booked Empire. Nice. And now here I am getting to talk to y'all. Blessings. Yes. Oh, blessings on blessings. Oh, blessings. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my God, I don't forget that at all. Yeah. I definitely know it's blessings for sure. How did you stay motivated? Because I know sometimes you might have been in limbo, waiting to hear a call back. Or I was never waiting, though. That's the thing. Like I think that that's how I stayed out of limbo. Is is and and in those moments of, 
you know, being depressed because you just feel like it's never gonna happen or just feeling like a loser in your soul, like everyone's saying no. It's about creating your own yeses, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's a large part of why I'm so proud of some of my music, the album that came out and the tour is that it's all me and my team. It's no, there's no company behind us. There's my company, I own my masters a thousand percent. Um, and that's why I say, that's why the first single was Freedom is because the whole project was about, is about freedom, right. you know? So I'm excited. So some of my favorite jams, because some of my music is a bop. Right? Uh, thank you, I think it's, <laughs> it's a, bop. a bop. It's a reflective <laughs> bop, for sure. So some of my favorites are the Ha Ha I Love You. We doing that. The joint with Swiss Beats. We doing that. And then Hurt People. We doing that. <laughs> so if you had to pick a few where you say, Jesse, you did that, what would be those songs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would say, Jesse, you did that. <laughs> but um, my favorite songs are definitely Ha Ha I Love You. Uh, that song is really special to me. Um, what I would do is really special to me. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's for and about the fans and the support and love that I've gotten from people that I respect, family members that I love, but also people that I've never met. Um, but yeah, Insecurities is really special to me. But Don't Go has a special place yeah. in my heart because I feel like it's so honest and I'm, it's just like, it also talks about something that men, we don't really admit to. I mean, women don't really admit to it either, but men definitely do not admit to just being jealous, having that moment of, you know, of, of weakness. Right, right. <laughs> Wanting to go through a phone or two, mm -hmm. wanting to see what's really going on. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a fun song to perform. It's a, it's a fun song to sing, so I, I really like that one too. Another thing I love about the album is just how vulnerable you are. You mentioned the song Insecurities. What kind of gets you to a point to be so open with your music and your lyrics? I think that, you know, it's it's always been who I've been. It's always, yeah, it's who I am. Like, I'm an, I'm an autobiographical songwriter. I think that's why Jamal Lyon and myself blend so well is because uh, I'm very emotional and I'm very... Uh, autobiographical as, song, write it, as far as songwriting. So the songs that I've written for him or the songs that I've co-written for him have all come from a place of honesty. And to me, my mother always used to, she would, uh, she would like just bang this into our heads as kids. She'd be like, honor, honesty, honor, honesty. So in those moments of vulnerability, it actually is very freeing, especially for music. It's not always fun to be, like I don't like to be vulnerable in interviews and stuff like that, but to be vulnerable in my own music, it's me. Yeah. So it's it's nice to hide behind my own truth, I guess. Right. Yeah. So you called it some of my music. If you had all of your music, like how many songs are we talking about? How many hours? Oh my God, there's hundreds. Yeah. There's hundreds. Like I, I think right now I could, I could die today, knock on wood, but I could die today and there'll be probably hundreds of songs that people could like remix and do yeah. <laughs> do whatever they want to because there's so many you know on my phone alone you know just my voice memos that's the way that I write is I drive around by myself and I just put on a voice memo and I'll just you know start singing and that's how I'll piece together a song so it you know there's a lot of there's a lot and a lot of fully recorded music that's never been released right. so you know hopefully we may get to You'll hear definitely some hear more at, some point, at definitely at some point yeah for sure nice. for sure second album's got to come got to come yeah it's going to come ready. for sure for sure so about this tour, I know that you are donating to two special charities. Yeah. Tell me more about that and what those charities um, are. Uh, the proceeds of the 
of the tickets for the concert are going to the Black AIDS Institute and Flint Kids. Um, and then some stops were also giving some to HRC, Human Rights Campaign. Uh, it was just, you know, I'm just so blessed, you know, I'm in a really great position right now and I feel like anything that I can do to, it's not something that I necessarily announce, like it's not on the flyer, it's not, you know, it's not on the website, it's just something, that I don't say it in the show, um, it's just, I feel like I've been so blessed in the love and support that I get and I'm able to support myself financially doing what I love to do. I should give something back and I do often. I just don't talk about it. I just, you know, and I guess I should talk about it sometimes and I do talk about it sometimes just to like shine a light on the different organizations but I just feel like with my little baby Mari Little Miss Flint is doing with yeah. Flint Kids and you know the Black AIDS Institute I've been a part of them since I was 15 years old and I'm on the board of directors so it just makes sense and with every single tour that I do I want to be able to you know I'll make money off the songs I'll make money off of merchandise it's like it's no I don't need to I feel like that's my tides you know what I'm saying right. for like some people give money to the church I give money to organizations that I really care about and it's always a percentage of what I have because I feel like you can't keep all of this you can't you can't just hold it on for yourself you have to give something back or else it's like what's all this for yeah. like just for me and mine my blood family to um, you know benefit off of we all we all uh, like we all should right. you know so that's all I love that yeah. I know activism kind of runs in your family you have some ties to Angela Davis oh, yeah. I believe yeah 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 my what? mom that's was crazy. Angela Davis was one of my mom's biggest mentors um, I grew up around her like it's just Angela Davis and and you know all of my mentors growing up my mother was very very rooted and still is very rooted in activism in you know our people <laughs> very very much so um, she met my dad in Oakland when they were up there and she was the president of the Young Workers League so it's just you know it, it, it kind of we don't really have a choice in being loving and doing something yeah. to give back. We just didn't have a choice. There were too many people around us, our elders, that would like yank us and yeah. be like, yo, do something, right. you know? So that's all. Nice. I know when you were a little kid, you also looked up to somebody interesting, uh, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I forget where I said that recently, but I was like, I, when I was younger, people would be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I would say, Michael Jackson or Kermit the Frog. So, I mean, I think I'm closer to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> What is it about Kermit? What was the relationship? I think that the the Kermit and Michael is that I identified with like their sensitivity. You know, they were very sensitive. They were leaders of their crew. You know what I'm saying? And Kermit and Michael just seemed like they were full of love, and they were kind of the team captains that would be like, you know, let's let's go, y'all, let's do it, let's let's you know, let's make it right. And I always identified with that, and also again their sensitivity and. You know, maybe some pe times people didn't understand their sensitivity, and I understood being misunderstood for my sensitivity. That makes sense. So, you know, I think that that's why it's so random. I never would have thought Michael Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> like in the same category. Right. Yeah, it was Michael and Kermit the Frog. Nice. Yeah, you know. I'm good. not mad at that. You know, high hopes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Got to. Yeah. I'm not mad at that at all. So let's switch, switch gears a little bit back to Empire. Mm -hmm. We just finished season four finale. And Jesse, well, Jamal, excuse me, is deciding he wants to exit the spotlight. Uh -huh. If you had it your way, what would Jamal be doing in season five? Or do you already know that? I already know, so I don't want to say okay. because I don't want 
number one, I don't want my bosses to hear it, hear me telling the storyline and fire me. But I also, do, I don't want that. Uh, next thing you know, like first season, first episode back, oh, Jamal died. No, I can't have it. Jamal was the one. He came up the same Hakeem and Tiana. And Jamal's dead. No. Um, uh, but I also want the storyline to still happen. So I'm just, it's, it's really, they're shaking things up in a really special way and I think that it's it's kind of a reset for us and it's it's really you know you can't do the same thing for four seasons so we're shaking it up in such a huge way for season five so I'm excited to, I haven't started yet I haven't seen a script or a, a word a line written but I, from what they say it's good and Father Lee is back and Lee oh, is nice. really back um, I've been knocking on his door calling and be like uh, hello where are you hello we need you uh, but he's back so it's gonna be exciting and you'll be back as a director I'll be back as a director I'm definitely directing uh, more in uh, season five for sure nice because so, yeah. the episode you directed in season four was with Miss Alfre Wooder right yes. what it was four years to the day I, um, I only recently started telling the story when I went on my very first audition for Empire that morning I had breakfast with Alfred. She's like one of my godmothers. I've known her since I was 15. I've known like most of the really important people in my life since I was 15. Um, she just sat there and she prayed with me. She was like, this is yours. I feel it. And I went and four years to the day that I booked Empire, I was directing Alfrey in Empire. Nice. So not too bad. Full circle. Not too bad. So full, full circle. circle. Full circle. And before I let you go, you're in Atlanta and I know you mentioned how much you love it. What are some of your favorite things to do while you are here? Do you have a favorite restaurant? I mean, or a spot it used to be the Waffle House, but now I can't Ooh, go there. You know. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. can't even go there. Like, not even for a second. <laughs> Um, so now I gotta find a new place. Yeah. Uh, I can't go to Chick Fil A. Mm, ooh, yeah, you. Can't go no damn where. I'm sorry. Gotta hate everybody because everybody's so damn hateful. <laughs> because you gotta cook at home, huh? You just gotta take your ass home. Go to your auntie's house and cook. Yeah. Get some collard greens and and, and cook. Now um, can you throw down in with the collard oh, greens? Oh yes. Let me find out. <laughs> With the cornbread, too? My from the Seventh Ward. <laughs> Girl, please. Please, yeah, we just released our own cookbook, The Family Table, and it's got all those stuff. It's funny you say cornbread, because we got our, our special cornbread and our gumbo and, yeah, and you know, macaroni and cheese. Hey, and it's a, mm. you know, it's the real deal. We don't play around. <laughs> Not in the Seventh Ward. We don't play around. We don't play around. But, yeah, um, I'm going to go try out while I'm here, though. I'm going to try out Old Lady Gang. Okay, nice. And I'm just praying. I just want to see Candy's mama. just want to see Mama Joyce or one of her <laughs> aunties just come out. Show. And be like, just give, just come, <laughs> come out and just disrespect me, please. <laughs> now, I want that. I want that. Like they should sell. You should have to pay extra at Old Lady Game for them to come out and just, and just disrespect, disrespect you. you. Wow. Come out, call me a loser. Mm. Call me a user. Do what you want with and me. And that'll be like choice. your perfect experience. That'll be the that'll be the Atlanta experience. Amen. You can't go to Atlanta without being disrespected <laughs> by Mama Joyce. That's what it should be. You should be. Go to Atlanta. Be disrespected by Mama Joyce. And go and get some. I don't know. Glad. You know what? She go to Gladys. Does Gladys Knight still have her? You know, I don't think that's uh, oh, no longer around. <laughs> it's no longer around. Love you, Miss Gladys. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. Well, but is yeah. there anything else you'd like to let us know? About no, are y'all coming, coming to the show? Up? We do have tickets to okay, the show. Okay, good. We do have tickets good. to the As long as y'all are coming, you'll enjoy it. It's really an, the whole set. Even Victory Boyd, yeah. who is Jay-Z and Rock Nation's new artist. Um, June's Diary, who to me is like the second coming of En Vogue. Wow. It's all like... We should all have been like '90s R&B mm, soul singers. You just but a two decades here, behind. Yeah, two decades. <laughs> I was born 15 years too late. Wow. Um, 
uh, I was supposed to be like Rome. I was supposed to be like Case. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was supposed to be singing in a group like H-Town. <laughs> um, but you know, here we are and it's going to be a good vibe. Yeah. Good vibes for sure. It's going to feel like prom for y'all. Oh, come on, prom. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Well, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank appreciate you so much. You. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. Presented on the High Museum's outdoor Sifley Piazza, Sonic Playground is an installation of sound sculptures by internationally renowned designer Yuri Suzuki. It features ingenious, colorful sculptures that modify and transmit sound in unusual, engaging, and playful ways. The installation is part of the High Museum's multi-year initiative to populate its outdoor space with commissions that offer participatory art experiences. It will be the High's first venture into exploring the notion of audible play, how the sounds all around us can be constructed, altered, and experienced. The installation transforms the piazza into a welcoming atmosphere with socializing and recreation. Where the installation lives, it will also serve as a stage for performances and art-making activities that the High will co-organize with local arts organizations. Sonic Playground is on view now and continues through October 7th. Tickets for the High Museum are $14.50, and remember that the museum is closed on Mondays. Get tickets and more info at high.org. Cats are the stars in both the digital realm and in many of our homes. Now they're also the stars of a new exhibition at the Michael C. Carlos Museum at Emory University. Divine Felines, Cats of Ancient Egypt, offers insight into the daily lives and rituals of Egyptians through their surprising relationships to cats, demonstrating that the ancient Egyptians were just as obsessed with these creatures as we are today. The show comes to us from the Brooklyn Museum and takes a look at how the Egyptians mummified cats, commemorated them in jewelry and furniture, and saw them as reflections of the divine here on Earth. Feline's endurance, hunting skill, and idiosyncratic personalities reflected godlike traits to the ancient Egyptians. The Carlos Museum, which has an extensive collection of Egyptian artifacts, has supplemented the Brooklyn Museum show with pieces of its own. The show is up now and runs through November 11th. Like the High Museum, Carlos is closed on Mondays. Tickets are $8, $6 for students, senior citizens, and ages 6 to 17, and free for ages 5 and younger. For more info on the show and to see what else is on at the museum, head to carlos.emory.edu. A few years ago, we recommended a Jill Scott show as the perfect first date concert, and that still stands. The classy yet sensual R&B of Scott will conjure up the perfect mood for debut dating bliss. Who could resist someone with the good taste to take them to a Jill Scott show? Scott is a perennial favorite here in Atlanta, and her most recent appearance was at the One Music Festival last fall. This time, the singer, songwriter, actress, and poet is definitely the main event at the Fox Theater. She'll be performing on Saturday, July 7th at 8 p.m., and those tickets are $45.50 to $150. Head to foxtheater.org to get tickets and more info. Based on Alice Walker's Pulitzer Prize-winning 1982 book, The Color Purple tells the story of a teenage girl named Celie and her sister Nettie. When Celie's father sells her to a widowed sharecropper, the girls are separated. The book follows their journey over 40 years and charts Celie's journey as her irrepressible spirit guides her from life with an abusive husband to triumph as a business owner. The Color Purple was adapted into a film in 1985 and later into a Broadway musical. That musical began life at the Alliance Theater in 2004 and went on to a successful Broadway run two years later. A 2015 revival on Broadway was a stripped-down version that moves the story along more quickly. 
This iteration of the production is the latest ambitious undertaking in Actors Express Tiny Black Box Theater. The Color Purple continues through July 29th at Actors Express at the King Plow Arts Center, which is on West Marietta Street in Atlanta. Tickets are $22 to $45, and you can find those and more info at actors-express.com. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Access Atlanta.